Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have in excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts, and it's time for you as Americans to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to Black and Whites. And today we're starting to deal with the up and coming campaign. And we have uh, an unusual and a very important guest, a gentleman who's running for the seat in the Senate in the state of Florida, my home state, Keith Gross. And uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Dan. I, my pleasure. And I'm looking forward to this and many other conversations. I do want to raise, uh, uh, right out of the shoot, I want to raise a quick issue. And it's not, not on your list of subject matter, but that's okay. I think you'll do fine with it. Why should the state of Florida voters elect a senator who was in charge of the Senate campaign to elect and reelect senators? in the states and he failed why should you why should we do that they shouldn't of course and that's that's part of why i'm running against rick scott when he was head of the nrsc the committee tasked with delivering a majority for us in the senate he inherited that that uh, committee with record high levels of cash he blew that record high amount of cash ran the debt up on his way out and still failed miserably to deliver the midterm majority we were all promised. You know, we were promised a red wave and he promised that we were going to have a majority. And ultimately he squandered that money. It seemed that he spent a lot of money on personal promotion for what seemed to be a bid for president at the time. He was making, you know, big national ad buys and things like that. Things that didn't seem really focused on the races that were going to make a difference to deliver a majority in the Senate. You know, if he if he couldn't win those elections, I don't think he's going to be able to win the general election in the state of Florida against a Democrat who's going to be well funded by the Democrat National Party. So if Rick Scott is our nominee for Republican Senate, we will lose this seat to the Democrats. And that's part of why I am running against him in the upcoming primary. As you also know, Dan, when he was head of the NRSC, the other thing he did that really harmed our ability to get a midterm majority was he published an 11-point plan to save America, as he put it. A couple of those points included raising taxes on hardworking families, and the other one was a proposal to sunset Social Security, which turned off a lot of voters. That sort of political baggage is going to make sure that he loses the general election if he's the nominee. So like I said, that's why I'm running to make sure that doesn't happen. Terrific answer. I appreciate that because I, I, the perception about Florida is that it's a place that people go to retire to, and it's a, it's an elderly state. And and I don't believe, I believe that there are a lot of people that are coming to Florida, out of the the upper Midwest and the East, 
uh, to get away from the blue states, but they're not all necessarily over 65. There's a tremendous growth going on in the state. And I, I just think that he, he, I agree with you. He, he, he didn't do a very good job of promoting what could be accomplished in, in Florida. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm, I'm going to go 180 degrees the other direction now. I write for, on a rotating basis, 35 to 40 blogs, and I have black and white network, both radio and television. So I write a lot of commentary. The one thing that I've been writing about more than anything else is a fear that I have about the Republicans in the 2024 election are not paying attention to what's going on in the black community. What I mean by that, I believe that the Democrats are gonna use reparations as a major campaign issue in 2024. We have the left introduce legislation in the, in the House of reparations to the tune of $14 trillion to be paid. And when I talk to a lot of conservatives and Republicans and independents, when we talk, try to have a serious conversation about reparations, they laugh. It's never going to happen. But it doesn't have to happen in order for it to be effective in the Black community. I saw recently in California a hearing of the Reparation Commission at the state level. Black men stood up and said to the, the, the leaders in the commission, I don't care about the police. I don't care about the fire. I just want to know where I go to get my $3 million check. You know, we used to talk about Democrats buying lunches or beer money to forget people to vote. They're promising, they're talking about millions of dollars for Black people. And my question is, would you support reparations? Well, the direct answer is no. I mean, the idea of paying someone who didn't directly suffer a harm and forcing someone else who didn't cause that harm to pay it is a fundamentally unconstitutional idea. So I understand why most folks would laugh that off and say it's a ridiculous idea. It's not going to happen because it is ridiculous and it's not going to happen. The fact that it's used and may be effective as a campaigning tool for the left is unfortunate, but it's not a surprise, right? I mean, there's an ongoing war on truth being waged by the left. They redefine words all the time. They're calling gender change, gender affirming care. They call abortion health care. There's nothing they're not willing to redefine. You know, they don't want to call illegal immigrants illegal immigrants. They want to call them undocumented immigrants. They got plenty of documents. They're just not allowed to be here. That's the illegal part. Right. It's just a broader indication of the growing woke ideology, the war on truth. So if you if you if you step back and look at you and your campaign and you look at the Republican Party, are you and what you're trying to do in line with the party or are you outside the party? I'm aligned with the party on on most issues, I would say. You know, I I'm always going to have my own views and I think it's important that you don't always tie yourself 100% to what any party thinks. My views are supporting the Constitution, putting power back in the hands of the states, back in the hands of the people, and reducing the size and scope of the government, which both parties have failed to do that for decades now. So 
that's something where I just can't sit on the sidelines any longer and watch our government continue to increase in size and scope, watch our constitutional rights continue to be eroded. And ultimately, ind individual liberty is being lost. So it doesn't matter what party you're from, supporting the Constitution should be a universal idea. And that's what I stand for. If you look at it from the, from the standpoint of we are a divided nation, and clearly the Senate is divided almost actually equally, and uh, the vice president is the one who breaks the ties. If you're elected by the people of Florida, how can you bring about the changes that you're talking about in a Congress that is so evenly divided? Well, uh, hopefully we will have a majority in the upcoming cycle. If we don't lose this seat in Florida by electing someone with too much baggage to win the general, we're going to win this election. We've got a, a voter advantage in the state of Florida. We've got nearly half a million more Republican voters than Democrat voters now in the state of Florida. So if we put someone up there as our nominee for Senate like me who doesn't have a lot of political baggage and isn't going to be easy to attack by the left, then we're going to keep this seat and hopefully we'll pick up a few more. But the way you really get things done as a senator is by building a coalition. You've got to get other senators involved, get them to back you up on the on the ideas that you're you're putting forth. You know, I'm running against Rick Scott, who likes to call himself the most unliked guy in Washington, like that's some badge of honor. It's not a badge of honor. It's an indication that he's ineffective. No <laughs> one likes him. No one wants to work with him. He can't build a coalition. He stabbed too many other senators in the back. And as a result, Florida isn't getting good representation in the Senate. He got himself kicked off some of the key committees in the Senate because he ran against the Senate leader knowing that he didn't have the votes to win, which is kind of laughable in itself, right? If you're the Senate leader, your whole job is to know where the vote's going to fall and organize votes. If you know you're not going to win the vote for, for Senate leader, that's sort of a, a failure in your first act as prospective leader. To get back to your question, though, it's all about building a coalition. We've got to get other people involved. We've got to build a group. And there's a lot of senators up there already who are pushing in the right direction. I'll be there to help them. I'll be a reliable working partner with them. And together, we can push some of these important issues across the finish line. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half before we have our first break. So let me, let me try and focus quickly on this particular question. How many terms did you serve? I've served zero terms in anything. Would you would you say to the Florida voters, I would run for two terms and then I'm gone? Or are you a lifer? It depends. It depends on how things go. If we're able to dismantle the administrative state, undermine the deep state, as, as President Trump likes to call it, these lifelong bureaucrats, if we can get them out of office, then by all means, I would be in favor of term limits for our legislators. What I don't want to do is have our legislators term limited when the deep state operatives are not, because then they're always going to have more experience and more power over our legislators. It's important that the people's representatives have enough experience to do the job well. And so I'm in favor of term limits after we dismantle the administrative state. How are you going to do that? Chipping away at it building a coalition, we've got to dismantle a lot of agencies that shouldn't even exist. The federal government does far too many things, and it does most of them poorly. So we've got to reduce the mission creep and refine government back to its original constitutional mandate. And you think the people of Florida would support that? Absolutely. The people in Florida believe in freedom. They believe in the Constitution. 
And that is what I am running to promote is a return to constitutional values. We're going to take a quick break here. We're talking to Keith Gross, who's going to be a candidate in the upcoming primary for the Republican nomination for the Senate. And uh, we'll be right back. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation Program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066 or go welcome back to Blacks and Whites. And we're talking to Keith Gross, who's going to be running in the primary for the Republican nomination for the United States Senate. How are things going? Things are going well. We just wrapped up a bus tour in some of the northern counties in the state. Uh, we took our bus to REC meetings. We met with state attorneys, chiefs of police, and we met with uh, Republican groups all over northern Florida. It was uh, productive. It was encouraging. You know, the, the theme was folks coming up and saying how happy they are that someone's finally running against Rick Scott, that they know he's corrupt. And the only reason he's there is that no one's ran against him. And so it was really encouraging to hear that sort of support from everyday voters. What do you think, as, as you're talking to, to the electorate, as you're going around the state, what do you think are the most important issues on their minds today? Well, I can tell you, we've done a couple of uh, town hall events, and we do some polling during those. And the, the uh, number one issue is routinely economy. And of course it is. I mean, the Biden administration's rampant government spending has has driven inflation through the roof. It's driven our Fed to print more money than they know what to do with and now to raise rates trying to claw it back. The economy is is hurting and it's hurting everyday Americans because their spending power is being reduced by the government inflation. So unless we get government spending under control, inflation's going to continue and eventually they're going to want to raise taxes to pay off this burgeoning debt you know, they just voted to increase the, the debt limit, as you know. That was a ridiculous idea. We should have not increased our debt limit that way. We need to cut expenses, not just increase the limit on our credit card. Yep, I totally agree with you. The, um, one of the areas that I wanted to ask you about is that, that we have a, a huge amount of debt, uh, $31 trillion of debt. Uh, and uh, I've spent uh, 50 years in the asset management business. So I understand, hopefully understand a little bit about capital markets and what's going on. Uh, I, I look at what's, what we have here is, is we have a government that I don't think there's a leader. And, and I'm gonna give you two simple examples that shows me that we don't have a leader. We're, we are allowing the deep state to decide what the laws should be, not, not the Congress. You may have seen this story, but the administration, the Department of Energy, wants to uh, eliminate gas stoves, 
gas ovens, gas heaters, uh, and and make everything electric. And uh, and they can do they can they believe they can do that by executive order as opposed to a legislative. Uh, I I thought that was wrong. I still think it's wrong. But a couple of days ago, there's a new a new part of the government taking over, and that's United States Fish and Game. And they've decided that any national park, you'll no longer be able to fish with lead sinkers. Why are we spending time, energy, and effort on, on the number of lead sinkers that you would have used all of your life which wasn't wouldn't be very much. Uh, there are more important things. Then we have the Secretary of Energy telling the Department of Defense we should replace our tanks, our diesel driving tanks or gas tanks, with uh, all electric. And they have no idea what it would cost, how vulnerable it would be, and how many people would be killed. So we we've got all these fiefdoms throwing out these legislation that isn't passed by the Congress using administrative orders and they're making our life more and more uncomfortable and complex. How do you get rid of that? You dismantle those agencies. I mean, you called them fiefdoms and that's a good word for it. This has been getting more and more out of hand for some time. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the administrative state or the deep state. The Congress is supposed to be the body that writes laws, not the executive branch via administrative agencies. So what we see here is a breach of the original intent of the non-delegation doctrine in the U.S. Constitution that was supposed to guarantee that the people's representatives wrote the laws. Instead, that's been delegated in a blank check format. You know, look at the Energy Department. They, they are funded and told, go and promulgate regulations as you see fit, basically. And they do ridiculous things like trying to ban people's stoves. And it goes back to what I was saying before, that our government has just involved itself in every aspect of our lives through endless mission creep. And unless we start to bring that back to some core issues, we're going to have a real hard time in the future because none of these administrative folks want to give up their part, their little fiefdom. We're going to have to gut that from the legislative branch by eliminating funding and forcing them to put that power of the, the legislating back into the hands of the people's representatives. Now we have a, a situation right now where the Supreme Court has uh, actually taken, agreed to take on a case for next term uh, of um, fishermen who are being asked, ordered by Fish and Game to and Natural Resources to pay the cost of inspectors from the private sector who are on the boats to making sure that they're doing the right thing. And the basis for the suit is that the government is reaching beyond what it should be doing in terms of influencing or making laws without the legislative process. If that it is going to be, to be heard next term, if that were to come out and the, and the Supreme Court would decide that it's that these these agencies have gone too far, and they have to cut back. 
that could be a tremendous catalyst for dramatic change within the operations of the government. Sure. And we've seen some pushback from the Supreme Court already. Recently, there was a case where the EPA essentially defined ephemeral temporary puddles and streams in farmers' fields in the middle of America. They were defining these little puddles as navigable waters of the United States. They, they were just stretching the meaning of the original Clean Water Act beyond any logical comprehension. And the Supreme Court's pushed back on that. We saw just yesterday there was a vote in the U.S. Senate. Uh, the House kicked it back and said it was improper and they wanted to overturn it, but the Senate did not. The pistol brace rule promulgated by the ATF. So that's something that they couldn't get past. They couldn't ban these plastic braces that don't do anyone any harm. They couldn't ban that through legislative action. It wouldn't have made its way through Congress. So the Biden administration just did an end run around the people's representatives and around the Constitution and said, well, we'll just write a rule and let the people fight it out in court. It's not right. how it's supposed to work. They're not supposed to take our rights and make us fight back for them. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, let's, let's move um, to another subject matter for the last three minutes or so that we have. Are you a supporter of Donald Trump for president? You know, I supported Donald Trump in his last campaign, and I was frustrated watching these scam in the, the impeachments. They were just ridiculous. Looking at every one of them, you know, I wrote uh, articles at the time denouncing the lack of legal basis. You know, like impeachment number one was because he asked a foreign power to investigate potentially corrupt activity in their country. That's what any leader is supposed to do. Uh, and he was impeached for it because they tried to turn it into some quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. uh, he was just doing his job. That was, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Look at the whole Russia thing. So to get to your question, I feel like we, the people, got ripped off. We elected a man expecting that we would get a full term. And instead, the deep state undermined everything he did. We did not get our term of his presidency. And that's that's really not fair. You know, we, we we signed up for four years of Donald Trump's policies and we got maybe one and a half because of all of this undermining. Right. So I support the idea that I would like to see a lot of his policies implemented and I'll support whoever the nominee is as far as this upcoming primary. You know, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be a bad choice either. He's done a great job in the state of Florida. He no seems question. to have a good following. The bottom line is we would be lucky to have either one of these great Floridians in the White House, and I will support whichever one is there. Um, what is, are you hearing any feedback from the voters as you go around the state about uh, their desire to have Donald Trump get reelected or not? It's pretty divided. You know, folks, folks, both they're, they're on both sides of the fence. I haven't seen a clear breakdown and, and I can't blame them. It's a tough decision to make. They're both great candidates. They would both implement great policies if elected to the White House. Um, I mean, President Trump put a lot of excellent jurists on the bench. Those judges, most of them serving lifetime appointments, that's going to have a great effect on our ability to claw back some of the freedoms that have been taken from us. We'll get decades of benefit from that. So, you know, seeing any sort of presidential candidate that wants to put great people on the judicial side that's a move in the right direction. So uh, in the minute or so we have left, what do you think about the two bills that were introduced in the House to the Judiciary Committee up for the impeachment of Joe Biden? 
Well, I think it's about dang time. I'm frustrated that they're not going to bring it to a vote a lot quicker. The man should be impeached, hands down. It's clear that the government's been covering for him. He's been abusing executive authority by requiring the DOJ and the IRS to cover for some of the corrupt actions that he's committed, apparently via his son, Hunter. Um, it's clear that he had a role and benefited from collusion with the intelligence agents that said that the whole Hunter laptop was uh, Russian disinformation. This whole thing has been reeking of corruption, and the man should be impeached 10 times over. And that's before we even get to the weaponization of the DOJ against his primary opponent, Donald Trump. Uh, that, uh, Keith, that's the, of all things, that's the one thing that, that has me so concerned, is that we have turned as a country to the sitting president uses the power of his office to weaponize the uh, the the Justice Department, the FBI, and other agencies for their own benefit to eliminate their their competition. And I I, I just I don't know I don't know how our country got to that point. Is and and I, I think that that the. I have a preference of the, of the two bills that have been introduced. I have a preference. And the preference I have is the one that impeaches both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Because one of the stories that's been going around for a long time, if you impeach Joe Biden, that means that Kamala Harris becomes president and her approval ratings are even worse than Joe, if that's possible. So I think that a lot of people are trying to tough it out hopefully that he won't he won't win in 2024 but if you take both of them out at the same time under an impeachment trial the speaker of the house becomes the president of the united states that's a great solution great solution that would so, be. um we're out of time unfortunately uh thank you so much for giving us the amount of time that you did and I wish you the great luck on your campaign. And I look forward to being having you back on the show periodically to give us an update with what's going on. So Thanks, how man. can people support you? Where do they need to go? Well, you can go to keithgross.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can make a contribution. I'm pretty active on Twitter. You can follow me at keithgrossfl on there. Um, sign up, stay informed, and follow the campaign. Super. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Dan. We'll be right back. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country 
from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.